0: We choose to go to the the moon in this decade 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 and do the other other things. Not because they are easy, but because
1: they are hard. hard. Because that goal will will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are willing to oppose, and one we can win. Here's a ground ball right side. Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790 at Apollo Des one and of course at Apollo H O U. We've been quiet. We've both been on holiday. We've taken a little bit of vacation. We've taken a couple of breathers, uh, but we're back, and the Astros have been kicking total ass. They've got three sweeps under the under their belt. They've won 10 in a row. They swept a two-game series against the Rangers. They took four from the White Sox, and they just finished taking three from the abysmal Baltimore Orioles. Dez, welcome back. I don't know where you were. I don't want to know where you were. You were somewhere in the desert. You could have been on an island. You could have been in Alaska. Who knows? But welcome back. How was the holiday? How was the vacation?
2: Uh, Holiday was good. Um, I I think I'm going to commit to being a – what's those, those fanny packs? You know those fanny pack yeah. people are wearing like designer stuff.
1: I think I'm gonna yeah, commit to one. it, dude. Because I've been I, watching. I, I... Yeah, go ahead. I've I've got one. I've got one. I do.
2: You have one. Okay, I'm gonna commit to it, dude. I do. Yeah. I I've seen a lot of British television lately, and then where I was <laughs> in uh, on holiday, the BBC. on holiday, they've been they were rocking them, dude. And I was and I felt like. Man, I had major FOMO. I was just sitting there like, God, man, everyone has these freaking cool fanny packs. So that's what happened on my holiday at an undisclosed location. So. I'll big, big, be a big fanny pack guy for this uh, second oh, half of the season. So if you catch me here, at Bay Park here. with my fanny pack, <laughs> we'll be rocking and rolling, baby.
1: If you catch me at Minimay Park with a fanny pack, mind your business. Oh. If you see the Beyond the Diamond guys, Wearing both rock and fanny packs with throwback Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagman jerseys. <laughs> you mind your, you mind
2: mind your, your business. fucking business. Take a photo, mind your business. <laughs> Let's go to work. Carry
1: on. No more questions. <laughs> 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 uh, but other than that. This went off the <laughs> rails real quick. Holiday was great. Oh, and, man.
2: Uh, and the Astros God, have been kicking bless. ass. So
1: Look, I'm happy. I will say. I, I've enjoyed thoroughly how this how this episode has started. We're back and we're better than ever. Uh, and I will say, on top of that note, it was a good breather, so I appreciate you going on holiday because you gave me a little bit of a break. Look, it's a grind. This isn't a 60-game sprint anymore, okay? We're in a full 162-game season. We're putting out content left and right. We're putting out podcast episodes left and right. I know you've got Road to Omaha that's in full full high gear right now, especially with what we just saw, Vanderbilt survives. They walk it off on a wild pitch. They beat Stanford. I'm sure you and Stone, our guy Stoney are going to be talking about uh, that and much more on the next edition of Road to Omaha uh, podcast. You can follow them at Road to Home, Road to Omaha. That's another uh, phenomenal podcast in our Apollo podcast network. Uh, just real quick on the Apollo podcast network. Man, the Rockets, they get the number two pick. Yeah, They didn't get number one, but that's okay. They at least stayed in the top four. We've got plenty of Rockets coverage on our at Apollo HOU site on Twitter. Check out the podcast at ApolloHOU.com. dot uh, com. Man, we're, we're in full full grind mode and we're coming up here with our Beyond the Diamond podcast. We're coming up in the All-Star break. And Des, it wasn't too long ago where this gauntlet of a schedule for the Astros, you and I both said, hey, play 500 baseball and we'll be OK. They played well above. 500 baseball. They've won 10 in a row. The Astros have. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago, May 25th, the Dodgers came into town and they took one from the Dodgers. They split with them. They could have easily swept the uh the Padres who came in right after the Dodgers. They took one out of 3. They went 3 out of 4 against Boston. They went 2 out of 3 against Toronto. They win 3 out of 4 against Boston. They went two out of three against Minneapolis. They, and then, then they hit their stretch, then they went 10 in a row. They've went way above 500. Yeah. I, it's crazy to look back that at, at one point we were scared of this stretch. We were. We we're, were a little bit skeptical of it, and look what they've done. After the losses to the Padres, the Astros are
2: 27 and 24. They're now 46 and 28. Wow. Uh, yeah, that'll fucking do. Wow, That'll fucking do. And there's a lot of soft spots. Uh left and look, no offense to the Orioles. Um, you got Detroit, AJ Hinch, we'll have the boys hyped up again. We know what happened in Houston, and then Baltimore again. They just gotta keep their head down and keep going to work. You can look look up and take a breather at the all-star break, but for right now you're in grind mode. Get to the all-star break, keep stacking these wins. And um it, it's been it's been damn good baseball. And they've won in different ways. Uh, just in the Baltimore series, you know, it kind of just all, all were all different facets. So it wasn't just, um, you know, three mega blowouts. You had that that w- the first game where we almost had a no hitter going, um, a little combined no no, and I think we would have got there if the rain didn't come in because Javier was cruising, um, and then Belak kind of got screwed over by Angel Hernandez, um, and then last night you had a closer game, and then tonight you just had. The Astros put up a billion runs. Uh, Altuve home run, Chaz home run, uh, Jordan with a bomb that's still going. Um, It's just been insane, absolutely insane to watch this team and this offense. I think the stat by McTaggart, like, Brantley's been like over 500 since he's got off his aisle stint, which is like not a four for eight sample size. It's like a 50 at bat sample size. He's hitting over 500 in those last 50 at bats. Like, that's stupid. Absolutely stupid. That and it, and the team hasn't felt like we've been we've been like good. Like it's just felt like we've gotten by a lot of these games. And when we start clicking all the way through, geez, Louise, it's going to be
1: yeah, that's going to be scary. That's going to be scary for the league. So just just to reiterate what Dez said uh, a couple seconds ago. Since May 30th, that was the last game of the series against the San Diego Padres. The Astros beat San Diego 7-4. From that point, they were 28-24. and Fast forward, here we are. We are recording this on June 23rd. The Astros are 46-28. and And the manager of the Houston Astros, Dusty Baker, he said in his media availability two days ago, that he still thinks the Astros have not been clicking on all cylinders. He still thinks that they are not at full, full strength. That is a scary, scary thing for the rest of the league because you look at these numbers and you look look what they did to the White Sox. The White Sox were the best team in the AL besides the Houston Astros coming in to Minute Maid Park. Four-game sweep, they won 10-2, they won 2-1, to they won seven to three and they won eight to two. So let's see. Let's do some quick math here live on this podcast. Eight plus seven is 15, plus two, that's 17. Then you got plus 10, 27 runs in four games against the White Sox. Against the White Sox. And then obviously they beat the hell out of the Baltimore Orioles 10 to two, three to one, 13 to nothing. That's, that's a different story. But what they did to the White Sox is something to be discussed. Okay, Because the White Sox coming in were one of the best teams in the AL, and they got slapped around at Minute Maid Park. Absolutely slapped around. So what the Astros are doing right now to teams is, is extremely impressive. And then you look down the schedule, there is a soft spot. Detroit at Detroit versus Baltimore at Cleveland. And then you have the Oakland A's and the Yankees come back into town uh, to end the first half of the season. What the Astros are doing right now offensively um, has to be one for the record books. Has to be. They're literally leading the league in all categories. And then you got guys like Michael Brantley, who, Des, you and I, over the last couple of weeks, said, we agreed on this together, that Michael Brantley was the X-factor in the lineup, and he's proving it. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. If you are a young kid, or if you are a father, or even a mother, That's having to teach their son baseball, and you want to look at a guy that hits. Look at Michael Brantley. Look at what he's doing. It's it's insane. The I can't I can't say this enough. The dude absolutely rakes. I mean, people want to say that Jose Altuve is the leader offensively for the Astros. No, it's Michael Brantley. I'm sorry, it's Michael Brantley. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think the offense
2: goes through Michael Brantley. Uh, I think we've we've talked about it that the the guys one through nine, we, we have a ton of all-stars. We have MVPs. We have Rookie of the Year's. We have all these guys, all these dudes in this lineup. Uh, but baseball is a fickle, fickle mistress sometimes. And there's hot and cold streaks. Uh, when Michael Brantley has a cold streak, it's like one for four. That's a bad night for Michael Brantley. Like, there's guys, we've seen it before, from from Uley, Jordan. Jordan. Tucker, Correa, Altuve, Bray. We see, you know, we see cold spells and it happens. It's baseball. It's always going to happen. But with Michael Brantley, you just have these these at bats that he just figures out ways to get knocks. And it, sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's a jam shot. It's a swinging bunt. It's a ball against the shift. But he just hits. And what we see with, with Michael Brantley, it's truly, truly special. I mean, He's batting 356 with OBP of yeah. 402. OPS is 925. Um, 16 walks, only 26 strikeouts. So he's not getting fooled. 21 doubles, 80 hits. I mean, yeah, he only has four home runs, but who cares? In this lineup, in that two-hole, wherever they put him, he's just gonna hit. And with all the offense around him, there's gonna be guys on base and there's gonna be guys that drive him in. It's it's just I, it's it blows my mind. It blows my mind, and I hope everyone realize how fucking spoiled we are to get to watch that guy dig in at 34 years old every single day at the plate because he goes to work, absolutely goes to work.
1: Yeah, you look you look down the lineup. <clears throat> excuse me, look down the lineup, and, and this is just a, just in batting average. Michael Brantley at 356, Yuli hitting 328, Jordan hitting 306, Carlos Correa 298. Jose Altuve, 295. Those are your core guys. Obviously, Alex Bregman is on the IL. He's coming in at 275. Kyle Tucker just reinstated from the IL, hitting 273. Look at Miles Straw. Miles Straw got his average up to 254. He's making a believer out of me. I slandered him for the longest time. And he's he's shoving it right up my mouth, you know? Yeah, so the league average right now through the
2: year, OPS-wise, is .712. Uh, for everyone listening, it's your on base plus your slugging percentage. It's it's kind of what all the front office are shifting to because uh, the average doesn't really say everything. OPS is more of a raw data. So the league average is .712. Brian,
0: how many guys do you think in this lineup are above league average? Uh, ooh. man, so just out of the starting lineup, out of the starting lineup. Out of the starting
1: lineup, man, I would have to go seven. Yeah, spot on. Martin. Seven? Martin. Seven of them? Martin and Miles are the only two guys under the
2: league league average OPS. And Martin's at 536 and Strahl's at 652. Um, Jose Altuve, 891. Carlos Correa, 922. Kyle Tucker, 847. Jordan Alvarez, 894. Yuli Gurriel, 908. Bregman, right at 787. Chas McCormick, Chas McCormick, 787. Michael Brantley, wow. 925.
0: Wow, it's stupid. Absolutely stupid. It, it, this may wow. be one of the most historic offenses ever.
1: That's that's what I said earlier. It might be the 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 things they are doing offensively has to be. One for the books, like literally one for the record books. And and we
2: talked to be
1: historic. We said that this offense is
2: capable of replacing a George Springer through the aggregate, through the mean, right? Moneyball, all that bullshit, because you have a full year of Jordan, you have a full year of Kyle Tucker that we have not seen. We haven't been able to get that due to COVID, due to injuries, whatever. So now we're getting to see full years from those guys. That replaces a George Springer. And then you just have a Miles Straw, whatever, outfielder, Chas McCourt. That just needs to get on base. And this offense elevates itself. On top of a you know, Yuli Gurriel playing possess, a Michael Brantley playing possess, a Jose Altuve with 17 home runs. 17 home runs by Jose Altuve. I think he's had 17 home runs since the fuck Altuve chant on his birthday a month and a half ago in New York. I honestly do. Because he's been possessed since then. Uh, it, this offense is relentless. Relentless, but it all starts and goes through Michael Brantley.
1: It does go through Michael Brantley. And and that's a good point that you brought up is there was a lot of people that were really concerned with how would the offense go without George Springer. Okay, well, George Springer, yes, very, very good player, very good leadoff guy. We saw it time in and time out for the Astros. What do you do? Uh, you put Jose Altuve in the leadoff spot. And people, you know, what he did last year. Obviously, doesn't matter this year, but it was a fluke. 100% a fluke because Jose Altuve is also a really professional hitter. You put him in the leadoff spot, and the offense goes. Does it run through Michael Brantley? Absolutely. But with Jose Altuve at the top, it's like George Springer, it, it, it doesn't matter that the Astros lost George Springer. And the proof is in all of the stats, all of the runs that are being produced. And then it just sets up the lineup so perfectly. And when you have Michael Brantley in that lineup, and you have Yuli Gurriel, who is an absolute, absolute, no doubter in my mind, he would be in the Hall of Fame if he spent every single season in the MLB. I know you're on that same page. You and I talked about it a month or so ago. And I'm here to talk about it again. Yuli Guriel, at how old is he? 30, what? 30. I mean, how old s- is Yuli Guriel? 36, 37, whatever he is. Hitting over 300, just, just <laughs> dick railing balls left and right. You put him in that lineup, your Don is just destroying baseballs. Kyle Tucker, like I said, coming off the IL, but before the IL stint, was raking. He's back off the IL. Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is hitting 2.98, the basic stat of the batting average, hitting 2.98 this year. Obviously hitting above the league average for OPS quietly. He's quietly doing that.
2: Yeah. He's he's, he's I mean, put together, he's putting together yeah. hell of a year for a contract here.
1: And oh, he and is.
2: He's, he's every single game he's quietly and quickly pricing the Astros out.
1: He's absolutely pricing the Astros out. He hit a, uh, a, a game tying home run against the Rangers in the bottom of the night. Then Oppo Taco. All talks. Uh, and then
2: all talks of durability for Carlos Correa. He's led the team in most games played.
1: Yeah, Outside of Miles yeah. Actually,
2: Miles Straw, Don't, Miles Straw has yeah.
1: 70 games. And Carlos has 69. Nice. 69, right. Nice. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Carlos Correa then hit another opposite field home run, I think, against the White Sox when I was there. Um, that Saturday night game yeah, down to the last out. Well, a strike yeah. last strike. How was that? Walk us through that through, uh, the game against the white Sox. Yeah. So there were over 35,000 fans there. Um, it was one of the, it was obviously the most attended game up until father's day because that was a Sunday game. And of course everyone loves going to the game with their dad. Uh, man, it was, I thought, I really thought that the, uh, the atmosphere wouldn't compare to the Dodgers because obviously that was a heated rivalry, Mm -hmm. but it was up there. Was it? It was up there. It was more of a, um, I compared the Dodgers and the Astros game. It was a, a heated rivalry type atmosphere. A lot of shit talking. A lot of, uh, Dodgers fans in the stands or quote Dodgers fans in the stands. Everyone's, you know, running their mouth, having a good time. Um, and then, obviously, you know, a couple fights broke out, but then the game against the White Sox, it was more of a, uh, it sounds cliche, but all for one, one for all, everyone against everyone against the White Sox, all Astros fans for Astros fans, and it was phenomenal. I mean, just to be around that many people, and the Astros continued to play well, and they won uh, against Tony Larusa, one of the. Hey, look. Probably one of the best managers to ever come through this game. What, whether you like him or not, I hate the dude. Whether, yeah, exactly. You either hate him or you love him. I personally don't give a shit about him. But dude, if he it was is on what fire, it is. I want to piss on him. Yeah, it, it, I mean, with with, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> and with that lineup, what the Astros did to that, what the what the pitching staff did to that lineup, it's not very often you see that lineup in the uh, in the Chicago White Sox look as silly as they did. But yeah, it was great. Just the more that we go on, the more you feel normal. The no- sense of normalcy is starting to come back, and to share the stadium with thirty five thousand fans was was great. It was awesome, and they won. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped to be back at Minute Park to have a full to have a full crowd. Um, man, it's just if the Ast- if and when the Astros sustain this type of play after the All Star break and they lead into August into September and then obviously into October, the city of Houston is going to be jumping. And it's not going to be jumping because of the football team that plays here. No. It's going to be jumping because of the Houston Astros.
2: Look, it's a baseball town. Simple as that. I will always say it. This is a baseball town through and through. Um, When September, when that calendar turns to September, and we go into October, the, the light switch turns on, and everyone is there. Everyone knows what the goal is. It's all one clear focus. Um, and and so does the team. And so keep stacking wins, get that number one seed, make sure everything runs through Houston, and let's just go to work. Because we saw this White Sox team that was touted up, you know. You had Anderson chirping in the offseason, you have Tony Larusa and Dusty Baker who hate each other. Um did you see that video I posted back in the day when they're both at the game? I mean, like they're just feeling yeah, like, "fuck you" Cardinals. at each other across
1: the. Oh yeah, uh,
2: they're just they're just liking each other, and so yeah, Dallas Keuchel, uh, you know, making his making his comeback, which was really cool to see him and Lance go toe to toe against each other. But you have this daunted White Sox team that was you know touted to be the new team, the new the new champion of the garden. They just came into Houston and and for four and left with a sweep. And it's probably going to be an electric atmosphere when the, when the Astros do go up to the south side and play them there. But I think it was a straight reality wake-up call for the White Sox and the league that everything still runs through Houston.
1: Yeah, and if you look at the overall MLB standings right now, at the top are the San Francisco Giants. The Sa- That's another thing. I mean, obviously, I know we cover the Houston Astros, but what the San Francisco Giants are doing in the NL is phenomenal. The Giants are good. The Astros go to San Francisco. If you want to take an Apollo trip out there, I'm in. Count me in. I would love to go to the Bay. Never been.
2: Never been either.
1: But, uh, look, I I would love to go. Just saying. They're at uh, 48 and 26. Coming in at number two, the Astros, 46 and 28. Then the Dodgers at 44 and 29. White Sox forty four and thirty, uh, Boston at forty four and thirty, and then somehow the Oakland Athletics are at forty five and thirty one. That's like the top what one two three four five six top six uh, in Major League Baseball right now as we record this. When it comes to the A's, they have also continued to be in their soft spot in the lineup, or I'm sorry, not the lineup, the uh, the schedule yeah. so far. Um, but yeah, just to go back to the white Sox series the white Sox came in and the astros slapped them around so maybe that's uh you know for the white Sox, maybe that was a, a wake-up call like oh hmm we knew we were good but maybe we're we we're not that good yet they still got a young team got a, a lot of young players led by tim anderson a uh, good shortstop he was chirping what did he say something about uh what was the quote? He said something some about, about extra icing yeah, or some shit. He's
2: coming for all of them, and I don't know. He he, he was a lot of chirping, yeah. and he went up going one for sixteen in the series. Like yeah, like all right, we get it,
1: dude. you look like a jackass at the plate yeah. for them too. So just just what the Astros are doing—they're just dominating teams. Doesn't matter if they're the best or the worst; they're just kicking everybody's ass right now, and it's great. It's, it, you love to see it, right? So yeah, and I think
2: it's given a lot of confidence with how far these uh starters are going in games. Um we we had a problem we talked about if we're still talking about that issue and in, in June or July, then there's a there's a problem. Right. And uh the boys are stretched out and yeah there's gonna be bumps and bruises along the way people rotating in and out. But look, you have a you have a Christian Javier can who is a sparked start. You have all these different guys that can can put a start together and they're going like quietly Zach greinke has gone seven eight innings like his last it feels yeah. like his last seven starts. Like it seems like yeah. every single start he's going seven or eight. and when you can minimize risk and you can minimize uh guys are or or just not feeling it in the pin right now, um, uh, you win ball games. Simple simple as that, right? It, 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 when you can hand it off to Stanek to press, like, man, yeah, I know Stanek's wild and he likes the love of interest, but if he's handing it off to Presley with the with the lead, it feels good. Mm. And so this team is just re- relentless and nonstop. And I really hope Dusty stays on the guys and stays on these. Th- and I think the good thing about all this, and it happens, it happens in baseball where teams kind of get unfocused a bit and you hit a lull. They call it the dog days of summer for the reason. Cause it just, the time slows down. You're, you're doing a lot of traveling. You're doing all this stuff, but the guys almost are more locked in because the fans giving them all the bullshit. And I just kind of, it just kind of came to me because I just, I'm like, I I was going to say, I hope Dusty stays on the guys during this, you know, this soft spot with the Tigers coming up and the the Orioles back at home. But you have all these fans talking shit and booing and all this. It just keeps them locked in. I think I I really do. I think it keeps the guys locked in because they want to stick it to them. They're like, Hey, that was four years ago. Grow
0: up, Peter Pan. Like, so I thanks. Keep booing. I, I guess, like, just keep booing. Yeah, and it's
1: it's not gonna stop. I mean, no. there was even a fan out in uh Baltimore wearing a trash can outfit. I mean, it's the worst teams in the MLB are starting to have fans come out and try to talk shit. Yeah, so, and it's not
2: working. It, it's it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And, not at all. And it's only to get the guys. And when I say the guy, the younger guys, prepared for October because I've said it before, the Astros have played. At the worst spots in the biggest moments, they've been on the road in Chavez Ravine. They've been on the road in Yankee Stadium. They've been on the road in Fenway, like they've naturally just a a baseball October atmosphere minus the booing, like bef- pre-scandal. Just being at those parks in the DSCS and the World Series, like it doesn't get tougher than that. So there's nothing they haven't seen before. They haven't. You're telling me this team hasn't been booed in the Bronx in October. Are you kidding me? That place is a zoo. So it, yeah, there's that, nothing they haven't seen yet. And I think this booing and all this bullshit is keeping the guys locked into, hey, let's go get another one. Let's go get another Let's shut these guys up. Let's go get another one. Because as a competitor, I, I fucking thrive off it.
1: I don't think you could come across a more raucous and hostile crowd than you can uh, than New York, than the Bronx in October, yeah. regardless of what team is going there. And then you add in the Astros uh, with the scandal going into, let's just say that the Yankees somehow pull their head out of their ass and start to play a little bit better and make their way into the playoffs. Fast forward a couple months, and the Astros have to go there. That's going to be a raucous, wild, disgusting crowd. And the Astros have already been there, done that.
2: It's, it's, it's just another new. game. It's ju- that's it right there. It's just another
1: game. Just another game. Same thing, if they go into Fenway. The Red Sox are good this year.
2: Red Sox are very good. They go good. into Fenway. I think in October. I, I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be the the ALCS. Red Sox Yankee. Excuse me. Red Sox Astros.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah, honestly, it's a, it's a very, it's a good prediction because I don't see uh, as far as the AL is concerned. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see a team. I think than I the think Astros the Central than Red Sox is right a,
2: now. the Central's inflated. The Astros run the West. Oakland will get a wild card. Uh, obviously, the the Red Sox, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays are all a jumble for two spots. Uh, I mean, that's going to be good baseball down the stretch. But I mean, I think the Red Sox are, are the cream of the crop over there. And I really do think it's going to be Boston versus Houston and the CS. And I, I would love every minute. I think you have Chris Sell about to come back. Like, that's a big arm. To, that's a big arm to reload. And, hey, it's not going to be tired. It's going to be pretty damn fresh.
1: Well, well I I don't want to already segue into segment two, but Chris Sale coming back being as brittle as he is, and he's also not going to have any sticky stuff to uh, oh, to use. Sticky, so, sticky. Who knows what the hell Chris Sale is going to look like. Can he stay healthy for the next, you know, 60 games? Yeah. 60 whatever it yeah. is. So I it's going to be but, interesting,
2: but for now, the Astros yeah. are playing damn good ball.
1: Yeah, they're playing extremely well. We talked about pitching a little bit. We'll just go over that real quick. Zach Greinke quietly coming in at eight and two. He's got an eight and two record. Jose Arquiti got himself another win. He's at six and three. Lance McCullers looked really good against the White Sox, four and one, and uh, just you know, Framber Valdez, the staff ace, dealt against the White Sox. Uh, he is now four and zero. And then your guy, Jake Rizzi. He's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty good. You gonna give it to him yet or no? Look, I'm a big Jake Odo guy. I'm
2: a big Jake Odo guy. So, um, this is just does the does the mailman celebrate when he delivers a package every single day? No, absolutely. He that's his abs- job. He knows he does his job, and that's what he does. So when I see Jake Odorizzi as a Jake Odorizzi stand, I'm not going to sit here and tout that up because I expect that. Because
0: as professionals, we, we, we don't celebrate that. We'll celebrate in October. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But Jake Odorizzi has looked pretty good. Last couple starts. So maybe he's starting to
1: lengthen out a little yeah. bit. And if he does, sure. and if he starts to get into rhythm, that's Another plus for the Houston Astros pitching staff. Um, Ryan Presley has pitched extremely well. Stanek has been kind of up and down, um, but still, I would love for, in an ideal world, your pitcher goes seven. You give it to Stanek for the eighth. You give it to Ryan Presley for the ninth. And if you need a stretch, then you look at uh, Christian Javier because that man, L, what is it, L Reptil, Reptil, yeah,
0: Isn't that I nailed it. it.
2: You nailed know it. Yeah. Try to
1: get what is it? How is it? No, no you say it. No, bro, you nailed no, it. No, you do it, dude. You nailed it. Whatever, man. You talk
2: Can, about can it, we eh. before we go to segment two? And I know, El I know, we have Reptil. <laughs> I know you have uh, some <laughs> words for some
0: for some great company, but uh, Luis Garcia, uh, a superstar like Luis Garcia, has just done the damn thing. It's just, when it comes to the Astros, I feel like everything is just so quiet.
1: It's just, it's not really talked about across the league. Besides, I think the lineup is finally starting to get some recognition, over, especially over the last 10 games. But no one's talking about the Astros pitching staff. No one is. No one's no giving one. those guys respect. No one. Zach greinke has been in this league for forever. And the dude's 8-2 and two, and not one person is talking about him. No one's talking yeah. about him. And then you look at guys like Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia was in A-ball. He was in high A. He was at Fayetteville last year when he got called up. Pitched in the the short 60-game season. Got an opportunity in spring training this year. Pitched well. And look what he's done
0: so far. And no one's giving him credit. No one. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. People on, just
1: Astros fans in general, on Facebook, Instagram, on the timeline, on Twitter, whatever social media sites you're on. Accept the fact that no one is going to give the Astros credit. Accept the fact that the league, media, national media, whoever, they're not going to talk about the Houston Astros, especially when they're playing well. And that's okay. And that's 100% okay. If the Houston Astros are not being talked about and people are still sleeping on the Houston Astros, Sit back and say, okay, that's fine, that's fine. I don't give a shit if no one's talking about them. I don't care if they're not getting the recognition they deserve. I don't care if people are saying they're overrated or whatever, whatever. They, or if they might be cheating again, whatever the case may be. No one's talking about them. Fine, they'll find out later on the season. Keep it. Let them play the underdog. Doesn't matter. Or let them play the he, the the hated, the hated evil organization of the MLB. Yeah. Don't. Worry about if the Astros are being talked about or not. If they're not, fuck it. Who cares? Cause look what they're doing right now. And I know we're still in the first half. That's fine. They're playing extremely good baseball. Don't worry about it. They don't we don't we as Houstonians don't need the recognition. We're dogs out here. We are. We are. We're hard nosed, blue collar, don't we don't give a fuck.
2: Look. Like- at the end of the day, that's why everyone's listening. You, you love and support Apollo, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're filling that void because we saw it. We saw a, a void in the marketplace, and we're like, hey, we're going to fix this void. And here we are, and we're going to be with you guys all the way down the fucking stretch.
1: So speaking of, uh, before we wrap up segment one, we'll, go, we'll just give a quick little preview. The Astros travel to Detroit. A uh, quick hop, skip, and a jump from Baltimore, as our guy little bro Taylor would say. Uh, Luis Garcia, Framber, uh, Lance McCullers Jr., and Jake Odorizzi are the four guys lined up to start for the Astros uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against AJ Hinch and the Detroit Tigers. Detroit's not very good, uh, but look, it's the game of baseball. You just every day is different, every pitch is different. What are you thinking? Another sweep? Can they continue the success? At some point, don't you th- the Astros have to lose? Right, and and the Astros have to hit a little bit of a lull. You know, I think me personally, look, they're gonna win another series. I don't think they sweep though. At some, just at some point, they gotta lose one game. I say they take three out of four from Detroit. Look,
2: I thought, I thought, uh, I thought we were gonna be rolling, but then Mister Nightingale decided to tweet about us. Yeah, so that feeling great about his little jinx. So I don't know. I'm gonna say the Astros get swept. Just I'm gonna keep doing it.
1: Yeah, Des, the uh, Astros take on Detroit Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, you know, they're going to continue their winning ways. I say they take three out of four. You say they're going to get swept, as you have for the last couple of weeks. So that's going to do it for segment one. But before we get to segment two, let me tell you a little bit about Eldridge Roofing and Restoration. EldridgeRoofstofloors.com, located in Spring, Texas. Family-owned, family-operated since 1998. If you need roofing restoration, remodeling, all the way from the roof to the floor. Contact eldridgeroofstofloors.com. They've got water damage services. If you need blown-in insulation, gutters, chimney, fireplace repairs, you want a game room built, they can do it for you. eldridgeroofstofloors.com. A complimentary roof inspection is right there for the taking. Since 1998, Mikey Eldridge and his entire family have been working the entire Houston, and Spring, Texas areas, eldritchroofstofloors.com. Check them out. Complimentary roof inspection is there for the taking. Initial your call, bring out a project manager for the consultation, get your estimate, and then accept the estimate. Boom. Four easy steps. It's right there for you. Hurricane season is upon us, especially here in the Gulf Coast. If you need emergency services, eldritchroofstofloors.com is where it is. Eldridge Roofing.
0: Located in Spring, Texas, people before profit. Welcome back. Segment two
1: here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790. At Apollo Des One and Des, uh, while you were on holiday, while you were on vacation, Without the my sticky, pack. the sticky situation in the MLB came to the forefront. There were some tweets that were sent out by an MLB analyst. Uh, Rob Manfred is cracking down. The umpires are cracking down. Spider Tech was uh, going around viral on Twitter. Garrett Cole was struggling in post-game press conferences. Trevor Bauer was talking out of his ass, per usual. Spin rates are down, home runs are up. Man, what do we think about the? Oh man, I don't even. Do you call them foreign substances? Do you call them the sticky situation? Spider attack, sunscreen, and rosin. Uh, who is who I else? call was them cheaters. It? Uh, I yeah. Just okay. That's fine. I'll call it like I see. I'm gonna
2: call it like I see it because that's what everyone does for the Astros and confetti and buzzers and all this other bullshit. If you're tacking up a ball, you're just a fucking dirty cheater. You probably deserve to get your, your entire family taken by the cartel. You probably should be bankrupt. You probably should just just stop doing what you're doing because it's wrong and this. Sp- is so fucking pure and no one has ever fucking cheated in the history of this goddamn ever, game. Are you ever, kidding me right now? Look.
1: Ever. This game is the cleanest game ever, in the world. What the hell are you talking ever, about? Ever.
2: Ever. Ever. Yeah. No
1: one has ever cheated ever in the history of this ball ballgame. Shoeless Joe Jackson is a placebo. I
2: just... I don't get a couple of things. I, I'm okay and I've said it before pitchers tarring up and using... And using rosin and using sunscreen for that. I'm not okay with the spider Tech because it's just different. When you're making a ball look like a wiffle ball, that's just
1: stupid. Well, spider tack, like we discussed on on one of these podcasts, on Beyond the Diamond, one of these episodes, spider tech is was invented and used for the Strongman competition when they are literally lifting boulders Correct. up above their shoulders, Boulder shoulders. Boulders that are like 300 pounds. Yeah, that's what spider Tech was intended for not to use in Major League it was Baseball intended
2: to use for the mountain in Game of Thrones. That character that is like seven, three hundred and fifty pounds. Jack who throws stones for a living. Yeah, you need right. a little grip. You need a little grip for that. Completely understandable. Yeah. You're doing that little famous, uh, little famous. Not painting. Um, what's it called when you chisel out a rock? What's that? Well, you know, you're you're a history guy. Sculpting. There's a oh famous sculpt God. look, dude. I'm look, I'm educated <laughs> and I know my history. I went to Europe with my fanny pack. There's this famous sculptor with the guy with the world over his head. Uh some atlas. The atlas, some, some the atlas sculpture. Anyways, he had spider tack yeah. on his hands. Trevor Bauer doesn't need spider tack on his hands. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I just know that Trevor Bauer doesn't need to be doing that when the other guy with, you know, the world over his shoulder. He needed spider tech.
1: It's the Atlas sculpture.
2: The Atlas. Who who created it? I, I don't. I, I care about who created it. I,
1: I I don't know. I could Google it if you <laughs> would like. I can do it live on air. Hang on, let me look. Yeah, look. Can you look that up for me while I continue my rant? Uh, so you've got, man. You've got the Atlas is a bronze statue in the Rockefeller Center within the International Building's courtyard in Midtown Manhattan.
2: Yeah, that doesn't tell me who There's created th- it. That just tells me where it's at.
1: Okay, well that's the first thing that okay, came look. up. Okay, like, look, I'm just do, I'm doing look, this live on the podcast. I'm gonna finish what I was saying. All right, while you look it up on Google, <laughs> or you you get the Greek god, the Atlas statue sculpture. I don't. All right. Anyways,
2: <laughs> the thing that upsets me the most about Major League Baseball is that they try to speed up the game, but now we're doing all these umpire checks, like that are just wasting time.
1: Yeah, that's that's Rob Manfred for you.
2: Okay, one, you just implemented this new thing of of you know guys can't use Spider Tag anymore. Okay. Fine.
1: In the middle of a season, by the way. In the middle of the season. In the middle of the season,
2: and you're not letting him rosin up, or you're letting him bullfrog it up. You're just saying no substances at all. Okay. Kind of overreaction to just just saying, "Hey, spider tech's gone, guys." I feel like that was the only memo that me said out. Hey, no more spider tech, no more doing that shit. But now you have all these pitchers getting hurt. Because they've been cheating. Tyler Glass now.
1: <laughs> it's a different ball. Tyler Glass now uh, is the biggest one.
2: Uh, yeah. And so, and then you have this, this rule where the umpires are now just gods among men, I guess, that could just go check them whenever they want. And then you have Joe Girardi asking to check Sergio four times in the game. That pissed him off. They get into it. Sergio's stripping down. Then you have Sergio Romo later that night stripping down because he got searched like four or five times. At the end of the day, you had a knuckleballer who the Astros dismantled for a billion runs. They let that poor kid out there to die. And a knuckleballer, Brian. A knuckleballer who doesn't need RPMs. He wants less RPMs. And they're sitting there checking the kid. Unbelievable.
1: There's one common denominator with all of this bullshit. Everything. It's Rob Manfred. Say his name. Everything that Rob Manfred has done has been wrong has been just bad. First thing that I think of when I think of Rob Manfred is what they did. He and his commissioner's office did with the Houston Astros by doing that. And I, and this is me thinking that he went to Jim Crane and said, you either fire both your manager and your general manager, or we take your trophy that's that's where that's what I think of right off the bat. I I firmly believe that that happened and we saw that.
2: 100%.
1: From that point because when you as the Commissioner of Baseball crack down on cheating with just one team and you make the Astros the scapegoat. And that's not me being a homer. That's the damn truth. You are op- you open a box, you open Pandora's box because everybody else in the league is doing some form of cheating. So let's fast forward. okay, that's, that happened in 2017. Uh, obviously, the stuff that happened, you know, with the investigation and, and everything, okay, let's put that behind us. right? Well here we are with these foreign substances with the pitchers. So you implement a rule in the middle of the season, in the middle of the season. This is a guy in Rob Manfred that wants home runs, walk, or no, home runs, strikeouts and to increase the pace of play. So just like you said, Des, okay, let's bring in this new rule that umpires at any point in time in the game can check a pitcher for a foreign substance. How the hell is that going to increase pace of play? Then you have Max Scherzer get checked three, four times because Joe Girardi, the, the manager of the Phillies, asked to check him Multiple times. So now with the new rule that Rob Manford puts into place, you have managers. Let's say, I don't know, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer is pitching right now for the for the Dodgers against the Padres. I've got it on here in my hotel room. Not gonna tell you where I'm at, but I'm I'm on the road.
2: Undisclosed location.
1: Let's say he is absolutely dealing against the Padres. Let's say he's dealing against the Padres. At any point in time, the opposing manager. Can say, hey, blue, go check him. Go check him. He may not, he may get clean the first couple checks, but you know what he's doing? He's trying to throw off the rhythm. So now let's take that into account. Was Joe Girardi doing that to Max Scherzer? I guarantee you he was three, four times. The game inside the game. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a chess match. Okay. This is all under Rob Manfred. This is all under Rob Manfred. That's the common denominator he is bad for the game of baseball i i, I think
2: i hundred percent agree and i I do think Theo Epstein is gonna be the next commissioner. I think theo's gonna usurp him i think I love that take um, I
1: love that take
2: I think a guy that's been in the front office like Theo has been is gonna get uh get some more support from the union
1: look i, I you and I are on the same page. I don't give a shit if the pitchers are using. Things for grip. I don't care if they're using rosin and sunscreen or a little bit of pine tar here and there. I don't care if it keeps ninety nine mile an hour fastballs from hitting guys in the fucking head.
2: I don't want to see any more Kevin Pillars on the ground, like bleeding out of his
1: eye sockets. The Spider Tech thing—that's one thing, but and then I don't know. It's just it's. It's frustrating to see because we love this game so much and we have. But if you're not trying to find a competitive edge in the game of baseball at any level, then you're already behind. You're already behind. So uh, let's stop acting like this game is so pure and act like cheating hasn't happened in this game because cheating has been around literally for hundreds of years in this game. Let's go back to the days of steroids. I agree. Let's go back. Dude,
2: fuck let it. these guys. Adderall up. Let them have some greenies. Let them have some roids and just fucking go. It's go to work. You want asses and seats? You want asses and seats, Bobby Manfred? Give me back the steroid era. Give me back spider attack balls. Give me the juice balls. Let the players take Adderall. Maybe some greenies. Juice them up. Let's go. I just
1: man. Just let's stop acting like the game is so fucking pure. The game of baseball is not pure. It's never been pure. And that's what makes baseball the best sport on the fucking planet. You've got guys literally doing whatever they can to get in a, uh, to gain a competitive advantage. And that's okay. I love it. I, I 100% agree. It, it, oh, it's just a shit show. Just a shit show. Look what we saw, Des. Look what we saw over the last couple of days. Look at these pictures. You, you named Max Scherzer. You talked about Sergio Romo. Uh, these pitchers are not happy with these checks. Yeah. Are they throwing temper tantrums? Yeah, I would say a little bit. A little bit. Are the umpires doing their job? Absolutely. But what is the one denominator, the one common denominator? I've already said his name a thousand times. It's, it's Rob Manfred. It's Rob Manfred. It's Bobby Manfred. It is. 100% it is.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone, I don't think the umpires enjoy doing it. It's More work for them, and I hate umpires. They're a lazy piece of shit. And then the players going through it, I just... Look, I mean it is what it is now. Like if if we can't use trash cans, you can't use a Spider-Tech ball.
1: It is what it is. Wild concept. Wild concept. I'm telling you what, right? I'm telling you right now there is a 1000% going to be a strike. Yes. There is going to be a work stoppage. That Look. CBA ends in December of 2021. And I'm man, both sides are going to be at each other's throats.
2: I'm always here to cross promote any product for Apollo, but there's gonna be a ton of new followers at the Road to Omaha Podcast next year because that's going to be the only baseball we get, that's baby. It. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> look, it. Big Brain Des is hedging a year out because it's uh, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for the the uh, strike that's probably going to happen.
1: You know in you're a, you're a big movie buff like myself you know in the beginning of wedding crashers when when Will Ferrell, or not Will Ferrell uh Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are in the uh mediation room where where they're yeah, uh that. like like they're they're trying to work the divorce settlement yeah. and they're talking about dancing yeah. and hey, hey <laughs> oh. yeah that's that's going to be you're going to have Rob Manfred and you're going to have jackass Trevor Bauer in in a mediation room with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson come December, January, <laughs> this upcoming year. That's exactly how it's going to go. But it's not going to be. They're not going to share, share the airline miles. They're not going to go conga dancing together. They're going to just argue and bitch and serious. complain. Yeah. It, it, and it's just going to be, it, there's going to be 100%. There's going to be a lockout, a work stoppage, a strike, whatever you want to call it. The game of baseball may not start on time in 2022. And it's all thanks to Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred is ruining this shit. I mean, just what a, just oh, and let's not forget, this is my last thing about fucking Bobby Manfred. This guy said that uh, the commissioner's trophy, you know, the trophy they get that you lift in October after you win a World Series, he said, oh, it's just a piece of metal. Just a piece of metal. Yeah, it's not like you bust your ass for 162 games (laughs) for a piece of metal.
2: Oh, gotta love Bobby Manfred. You gotta love my
1: rant. My rant. My rant's over. I got nothing else to add. I
2: I don't. I think. I think the Astros are vibing. They're hunting big waves. We got a little 10 game win streak. AJ Hinch is gearing up to beat our ass like he beat us in Houston. So I hope we fucking take it to him. I hope we uh, dismantle him. I hope he fucking put up 100 runs again. So. Let's go. Fuck it. Fuck it. Why not?
1: Yep. That's going to do it for another episode of Beyond the Diamond Podcast. The Astros are in Detroit taking on AJ Hinch and his Tigers, Dez. Uh, I'm assuming that's all you had. You got anything uh, before we get out of yeah, here? Yeah, am I going to
2: – I usually end with a little catchphrase, but we're rolling. We're not changing anything up, so I got. I got nothing. Okay.
1: Well, that's going to do it. Like I said, another episode in the books for Beyond the Diamond podcast. I know we've been away for about a week or so, but sometimes you just need to recharge the batteries a little bit. But we're here. We're going to grind it until the All Star break. We may take a couple of Apollo trips. I don't know. You just have to wait and see. We may have to, we may do a broadcast from location somewhere. Who knows? Stay tuned. But that's going to do knows? it for Beyond the Diamond podcast. We will be back here in a couple of days to recap the Astros versus the Tigers. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you got, you know, anything that you uh, want us to talk about, you got any uh, tidbits or, um, man, you know, just comments, advice, whatever you want to hear, hit us up on Twitter, BLEMA790, at ApolloDes1, and at ApolloHOU. Thank you for listening. That's going to do it for Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Love you guys.
0: I said I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, dude. We're on fucking hot street. Can't believe you slipped in that love, you guys. I'm, we're going to lose now. Uh. No, uh,
2: I don't know. New folder, what's today? 6.23. Our last episode was the 15th, so.
0: A little over a week. Wasn't bad. Um, oh shit, the slower one.